Hey friends, did you know that you can come hang out with me in real life? That's right. The Work In Podcast and Savage Grace Coaching makes its home in a boutique studio space called The Loft Yoga and Wellness in historic downtown Spring Valley, Ohio. This hidden gem of the Miami Valley is nestled in between Dayton, Columbus, and Cincinnati. As a part of my mission to bring a legacy of resilience through movement, each month you can join me for a hike on the bike trail, followed by a free trauma-informed vinyasa class back at the studio on Main Street. Go to savagegracecoaching.com to see the calendar and join my newsletter, A Yoga Life on Main Street, to stay up to date on all the latest studio news, events, and gossip. And now... On to this week's episode. It's time to stop working out and start working in. You found the Work In Podcast for fitness and their health-conscious clients. This podcast is for resilient wellness professionals who want to expand their professional credibility, shake off stress, and thrive in a burnout-proof career with conversations on the fitness industry, movement, nutrition, sleep, mindset, nervous system health, yoga, business, and so much more. I'm your host, Erica Thomas. I'm a resilience coach and fitpreneur offering an authentic, actionable, realistic approach to personal and professional balance for coaches in any format. The Work In is brought to you by Savage Grace Coaching, bringing resilience through movement, action, and accountability. Private sessions, small groups, and corporate presentations are available now. Visit savagegracecoaching.com to schedule a call and get all the details. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to The Work In. And speaking of the work in. How is your new year work in coming along? Today, I thought we'd take a look at four areas of nutrition to focus our intention on this year so we don't actually have to diet and we can still get the results we're looking for. If we can get these four things dialed in, we will never have to diet again. They kill cravings, balance metabolism, help shed excess weight, correct insulin and leptin resistance, maintain muscle and bone mass, balance energy throughout the day, and help us sleep better, which in turn improves our stress response, cognition, and memory. Pretty much all of the good things. But that sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? Now, if that list of side effects came up on a pharma, a big pharma commercial for a pill, we would believe it, right? We would be lining up to get that pill. The truth is all of those things, those things that we're looking for as results are actually side effects of properly balanced nutrition. We actually don't have to diet, quote unquote, to get them. Dieting, this need to diet is a direct result of the lies that big food and big pharma and all of those big industries surrounding our health and wellness 
have been telling us for 70 plus years. Dieting is a consequence of consumerism, convenience, and overconsumption. Can you imagine if every fast food or cereal commercial had to disclose their health side effects, the health side effects of consuming their products? I can hear it now. Lucky Charms, fortified with nine vitamins and fiber. Do not eat Lucky Charms if you're allergic to Lucky Charms, if you're allergic to gluten. May cause rapid weight gain, hypoglycemic episodes, prediabetes, fatty liver disease, insulin resistance, metabolic syndrome, leaky gut, ADD, ADHD, anxiety, and depression. Doesn't sound too good, does it? Would you be tempted to eat them still? Would you give that to your children for breakfast? Listen, I hate dieting. I hate the idea of telling my clients to diet. I hate feeling deprived myself, and I think most of us do. But I love food, don't you? Especially really delicious, flavorful food. And the good news is, if we all just ate good whole food most of the time, not even all of the time, we'd be good to go. The problem is that so much of our modern processed foods have been hijacked and are full of hidden sugars and emulsifiers that our system is just not able to handle. It's overwhelming and really annoying, if I'm honest, to have to read every single label to try to figure it out. So let's not worry about that right now. Right now, we're just going to focus on getting whole food on our plate in these four areas. Here we go. Number one, the first area that we need to focus when it comes to nutrition is protein. We want to get the highest quality protein sources that we can find. Don't worry about how much fat is on that protein. Turns out the body can absorb and use that protein better and more efficiently when fat is present. So let's just get over this block we have in our brain, this myth that fat is bad. And the other side myth that saturated fat is a killer. Because the truth is that saturated fat is what replenishes the lining of our gut. It can actually help heal leaky gut. Protein is absolutely essential. All essential amino acids, the things that we cannot make ourselves, are found in animal sources of protein, and they're complete. We don't have to do any kind of crazy kitchen chemistry to put them together. Now, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, you will need to be very intentional about your sources of protein because it's just harder to get the complete list of essential amino acids, and really they need to be consumed together as far as we know at this moment, in order for the body to 
fully absorb them in the best ways. We need protein in order to not just build muscle, but to maintain the muscle mass that we have already on our body, period, end of story. If you don't want to eat it, if you're someone that has a real hard time sitting down to meals where you're actually chewing your food, then you'll definitely want to think about supplementing that protein in some other way like a a protein powder or something like that. Now, I just want to point something out about how much protein we need in general. The RDA, that's the recommended daily allowance numbers for protein, fat, carbohydrates, et cetera, et cetera, fiber, all of those things that come from the government. Um, The RDA for protein was... uh, was delivered to us in 1980, and it has not been updated since. It's actually no longer supported by current nutrition science as far as the amount that we need. We think that, um, you know, when we see that RDA number, it's, you know, good. But the fact is every person is different and we actually need more protein than that recommended daily allowance. That's really like a minimum number that you want to think about. Typically, people need more than that. Um, Now, according to Robert Lustig of uh, Metabolical Fame, um, we, we really need quite a bit more actually in order to maintain muscle mass at a base level, especially as we're aging. So if you want to calculate it, I think it comes out to be something like one gram of protein per pound of body weight is what he suggested. Um, what you'll see online when you search that, it's like um, a, it's like point, it's like 1.2, I think 1.2 grams per kilogram Um on the low end and, uh, and a little bit more up, I think above two, if I'm remembering that right. Anyway, it doesn't matter because it's based on the size of you, your size. Um, the point here is that when we don't get the essential nutrients that the body needs, then what happens is our system thinks that it's starving and I mean, you've heard the word essential several times in this particular section on protein. Essential amino acids, that word, whenever you hear the word essential associated with anything with the body and nutrition, it's because the human body, your body cannot create them out of anything else. We have to get them from somewhere else. So protein is... And the amino acids in protein are essential. We have to get them from outside of the body. We cannot um, exist without that. So um, when we don't get enough protein, the body really does feel like it's starving and it will trigger all kinds of stress through the nervous system 
And that, of course, affects every other system in the body and can show up in a lot of ways. It can show up in um, insomnia, sleep issues. It can show up in cravings where you're craving things. And you might think, oh, I just crave sweet things. I crave salty things. I'm not craving meat. But the body is craving something. It's really much more of a generalist. And so it's just going to trigger this stress response that's supposed to get you out of your seat to go hunt for food. It's just that in our modern society, our hunt for food is going to end in the pantry with all of that added sugar and um, high carbohydrate kinds of food, the fast food. Okay. All right. So that's my spiel on protein. Number one focus, we need to focus on getting good, high quality protein in our day, throughout our day. It doesn't have to be a particular amount at a, at, at each meal. Um, you can just, you, you just need it in a day. Now, number two, where we need to focus our attention as far as our nutrition goes, this big, big category of health is fiber. The highest quality fiber that you can consume, both insoluble and soluble. Why? It's not for us. It's not for you. (laughs) It's actually for our gut microbiome. Fiber, especially the insoluble kind of fiber, actually feeds the bacteria in our gut. And if we aren't feeding the bacteria in our gut enough, then they will start to feed on us. And this is where the theory is um, that one of the sources of leaky gut, IBD, IBS, all of these gut-related issues and autoimmune function problems come from because our bacteria, that bacteria uh, microbiome is really one of our strongest defenses and Autoimmune issues basically essentially are when the body's immune system is reading everything as other than you. It's reading parts of your own body as other than you, and then it goes to attack those things. And we don't want that. So the microbiome is, and the gut and our gut health is really one of those places that we can really support with what we eat, what we put on our plate. So how do we do that? We get fiber from fruits and vegetables, and we want those in a big variety, so a lot of different things. And I don't know about you guys, but I am a creature of habit. I literally eat an apple every single day, so my gut is really good at digesting apple and apple fiber, right? But it's important for us to get that fiber from lots of different areas, making sure it's very um, like the non, the cruciferous vegetables, all the different things. That's how we build up and support not just um, that microbiome, but our immune system every single day. Plus the great thing is those fruits and vegetables are loaded with antioxidants and all kinds of other amazing micronutrients. So um, that is a huge focus for us. And the more fiber that we can get, the better. Now, if you can't eat a big variety of those fruits and vegetables on a regular basis, that's okay. There are plenty of fiber supplements out there. We just want to make sure that we are getting both soluble and insoluble fiber. Personally, 
I like to look for not just probiotic sources of fiber, but prebiotic sources, because I really like the idea of getting out of my body's way as much as possible. So I'm just going to give it as much, uh, as many of the building blocks as I can and let it do its thing. I, I find that the, the body is just really brilliant at healing itself when we can give it all of the right ingredients. And so, um, that is my personal goal. And I'm really learning, especially in this area of gut health, I'm really learning how to trust my gut after years and years of being so completely dysregulated um, in that area. And so I'm 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 doing much better in that area, but I know this is a big source of not just um concern for people, but really, you know, can be a very big source of chronic pain. And and we want to try to um eliminate and support and kind of, um, have some compassion for this area of the body. So fiber, that's the second big focus when it comes to what we put on our plate for our work in when it comes to nutrition. Okay. Number three, hydration. All right. Now hydration is not just water. Yes, it is water, but we possibly may need to look at our electrolyte balance because it's really um, those electrolytes, the sodium, potassium, magnesium, some of those other minerals, micro minerals that are helping the water that we drink actually get into our cells. And there's a real difference here between simply irrigating yourself, just pouring water through your system and actually absorbing those fluids so the cells can be functioning at their most efficient. Now, how you can get hydrated somewhat from everything you drink. It doesn't have to just be pure water, but certain things will change the actual amount and may be detrimental to other systems of the wa- of the body. For example, caffeinated beverages like coffee. Listen, I am a coffee addict for sure. I love it. But the caffeine in coffee is a diuretic. So um, you're only really getting about two thirds of the amount of fluid from coffee because it just runs right through you. And, and that caffeine, that coffee can, um, and might be actually pulling some of these other micronutrients out of your system, like magnesium, which can, uh, further affect your sleep. So those are, those are things, those are balanced things that we might want to take a look at. Um, with, with drinks like coffee. Now let's talk about juices. So yes, juices can be very thirst quenching, right? But both, um, sugared and diet kinds of juices, including sodas and alcohol, all of those really raise the risk of damage to the liver because of some of these downstream metabolic effects that are tied to um, insulin and leptin resistance. So 
Um, we want to be very, very careful. I would definitely limit or eliminate any kinds of fruit juices um, and sugared and diet sodas both. And of course, as I'm recording this, it is January 2024. And um, giving up alcohol doing dry January is a great way to reset, kind of lift some of the pressure off of the liver. So um, the reason we want to keep an eye on, on the effect of what we're drinking on our liver is because that that sugar in that straight sugar from juice, that um, insulin response from um, both diet sodas and full sugar drinks, especially things like um, like energy drinks uh, paired with caffeine and things like that, all of that raises that blood glucose level. And if we don't have a really high um, uh, muscle mass f- with lots of places for the body to send that glucose and store it as glycogen. That means that the body has to store it in fat and also our liver. And so where it tends to store things like that first is the liver. Alcohol itself has to be metabolized and can only be metabolized in the liver. And the calories, the excess calories or um, the sugar that comes from those alcohols, it never gets stored in body fat. It's only start, stored in the liver. And so we are basically creating a fatty liver. Um, and that will happen with alcohol for sure, especially excessive amounts of alcohol, but it also happens with sugared beverages. Um, including things that are, that we think of as healthy, like Gatorade, right? And I'm, we're talking about getting electrolytes, but Gatorade is loaded with sugar. And so it's, you know, it's one thing for an athlete to drink Gatorade. (laughs) It's another for somebody who hasn't been physically active, active, not burning things off, not, doesn't have a high muscle mass, um, in their body composition. And so everyone is different and we really need to pay close, close attention to, um, that energy balance along with those, those fluids. So getting close to about half of your body weight in ounces of water is a good rule of thumb, but you might need a little more. You might need a little less. It will depend on, you know, maybe the the time of the year. Are you out in the heat? Do you sweat a lot? All of those things. But you can start with that calculation. And here's why. Every cell in the body requires some water in order to perform most efficiently. Um, And hydration is going to improve our cognition. It's going to lower inflammation. It's going to help us sleep. And it's going to help every system in the body recover every single day. Number four, for our last and final focus for today is to remove processed packaged foods as much as possible. Now, not all processed and packaged foods are a problem. I mean, processing keeps uh, things fresh for longer, definitely. Um, But so many of them are loaded with hidden sugars 
it's it's to me in my personal opinion it's not worth the time it takes to read and translate the label my rule of thumb is that if it has more than five ingredients i'm going to pass especially if i can't pronounce it or i don't know what it is so what that means is that ice cream certain kinds of ice cream might be okay ingredients milk sugar vanilla maybe now, canning is another form of processing, usually fine. Same with frozen vegetables, right? That's a form of processing, but it's the ingredients, the vegetable, right? It's just frozen. But here's an example. Mayonnaise. I love mayo. I wanted to get some healthier kinds to avoid some of the seed oils like canola and soybean. So I grabbed a container of olive oil mayo. Turns out, that the first four ingredients are one, olive oil, two, canola, three, soybean oil. So it's kind of ridiculous. There's more canola and soybean oil than the olive oil, plus sugar. Fun fact, olive oil should only really have two ingredients, and it's really easy to make, like stupid easy. You just have to eat your homemade mayonnaise within a week. Oh, what are those two ingredients? Olive oil and an egg. Now, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here. My point is, if you don't want to have to read every single label, then you can give up foods with labels on them and eat 80% or more, if you can, of good whole foods that don't come with labels. And it's not the label like the sticker on the package of chicken. That is not what I mean. What I mean is the food labels on the boxes and the bags and the processed stuff in the middle of the grocery store. Now, this time of year, people can get crazy with the diet and health challenge stuff, and those can be really inspiring, those challenges, and help us kickstart some real healthy habits. But whatever you're looking for out of your health in the new year, staying intentional with protein, fiber, hydration, and limiting your processed foods will support those goals. And if you're looking for some help in that area, nutrition is a part of our Cat 5 Challenge. And if you haven't heard about it, you can check out episode 152 and download the challenge tracker as a guide. Next week, we're going to be looking at another aspect of our Cat 5 Challenge, resistance training. Until then, happy eating. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard and you'd like to know more, head over to savagegracecoaching.com, the work in for all today's show notes and links from the episode. I'll see you soon.